0: Hi guys, it's Paul from ITRIS and welcome to episode 10 of The Corner. (music) On today's episode, we're going to be talking to our operations director and head of human resources, Andy Dobson. Prior to working at ITRIS, Andy had a career that spanned over 20 years in finance with the likes of BT and O2. Finally, thanks for coming on the corner. Um, I want to talk to you today about some important topics related to human resource and employee management. The job landscape, landscape has changed dramatically over the last few years for various reasons. What have companies had to do in order to cope with that?
1: Well, firstly, I think you're right. Um, the landscape has changed. COVID uh, changed the world of work quite dramatically. And not only COVID, I mean, just before COVID, we had Brexit as well, which I, mm. I think also made a difference. And where we ended up was certainly from a from one perspective, more jobs than applicants, uh, mm-hmm. which obviously made it more difficult for for companies to recruit uh, and retain uh, staff as well. Because you know, if there's if there's better better jobs on offer, people are going to go. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think companies all of a sudden found themselves in a place where they not only had to uh, adapt to retain um, good people, mm-hmm. but they also had to. Um, adapt again or or change uh, their offering to attract people because there was so much um, much out there. And and also they've had to uh, improve the packages they offer Mm. to attract new staff. Working practices have changed and people's expectations have changed as well. Many business owners have have had to uh, accept things that possibly they wouldn't have accepted pre-COVID certainly in terms of home working uh, Mm. flexible working for many business owners especially ones probably um of 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 my generation um a lot
0: of these things are are quite alien it was quite a quick change wasn't it in terms of you know it's gone from from this sort of way of working to a brand new way of working within a very short space of time we're talking a couple of years and historically that change might have taken 10 15 years in, in in a workforce Absolutely. So the companies and business owners are about to adopt this very, very quickly.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I think that there were no choices. Mm. Um, it, you know, as as we said earlier, the the job market all of a sudden was was completely different in terms of the opportunities that people had. They got very used to, during COVID, uh, the flexibility that home working gave them. Mm. Driven by the pandemic, That you know, there was no choices here. People had to work from home. Yeah. Uh, and that was all there was to it. But, you know, the thought of them then coming back and... Uh, Going back to the old nine to five and and mm. uh, working full time in the office, it was just never going to happen. And, and as I say, some business owners would
0: have really struggled with that, and I completely understand that. So, in terms of how packages and how businesses changed in terms of uh, perhaps their culture and what their offerings are, you've obviously seen that change a lot over your over your career. But what, what does it look like in terms of you know a modern day package? compared to, say, a package, either you worked to BT and O2 previously, you know, what a package for a senior member of staff might have looked like back then?
1: Well, I think the point you make there, uh, and the word you use, senior member of staff, is the mm. interesting one, because I think what you're finding now is that these packages are coming much further down through the workforce. Mm. So historically, if you were a non-management grade um, in, in a business of that size, uh, you know, certainly um, in, in government, well, I say government-run ones, I mean, historically it was government-run BT, for example, but mm. once it privatised, Still very much that it was more senior management and managers that that got the benefits. And if you were not a manager, you didn't really get those benefits in many ways. I'll give you an example of when I was an engineer for BT. For a Christmas do, we used to get a £10 allocation uh, to have a Christmas do. So if 20 guys were going, there was £200 um allocation for that
0: that christmas do. did all of that go on alcohol <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: well you had your choice <laughs> you could either have some dinner or you, could, or you could have a drink but if you didn't if your line manager didn't go for example you didn't get the money at all right now I, I must admit that was somewhat cultural and when i when i moved away from being an engineer and went to work in in london for for bt uh at the bt center it was slightly different in terms of culture so Not only was it uh, regional, but it it was dependent on what sort of department you're in as well. But most definitely at that point, if you weren't a manager, you weren't getting anything of
0: any substance. So would it just be basic salary, perhaps a bonus? There was no other... No, you didn't get bonuses unless you were a manager. Oh, right. Okay, so bonuses... No, I'm talking about BT at that point. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I would imagine most uh, ex-civil service government, -government, ex-government business were the same. And probably many uh, larger companies were, mm. were much like that. But then, if once you got into the on on, on the management uh, step on the ladder, uh, you started to get bonuses and you started to get car allowances, that sort of stuff. But uh, you, you know, and you might get a bit of private health as well. Mm. But it, it was n- nothing like was, that is on offer now. Um, now, one of the things you would have got certainly as a as an engineer
0: would have been life cover, mm-hmm. um, death in service. I mean, yeah, uh, that was that was that because of the risk of the. Of the role? Perhaps.
1: No, no. It would have been, you know, th- those were the days of um, strong union representation, and um, those are the sort of things that have been negotiated, right? So they were pushing for that for the yeah. for the workers. So, so what you'd have got is certainly six months full pay, right? If you were sick, um, death in service, those sorts of things as a, as a as a non-manager. Mm. But you know, the, the sort of benefits that we talk about now being uh, benefits, you know, such as private health, that sort of thing. You really were into the, uh, you had to be a manager before you got those. Okay. Now, this is where it's different because what we're finding now is that we, we're having to offer it uh, across the board. Yeah. Which I think is a really positive thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, And um, I, I think what I've found is, uh, whilst, whilst researching this and rolling it out across the business, is, is cost. Mm. I had a vision that something like private health cover for the business and everybody within it would be really, really expensive. Mm. We've gone for uh, Booper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've gone for the top end of pooper. And, you know, I, I won't go into exactly what the cost is, but I think I was very surprised about what the level of costing was. Now, obviously, um, it, that cost will increase year on year mm. because it's actually based on age. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward model. What they'll do is they'll say, right, um, we'll exclude every every previous health problem you've had. Yeah. So we're not going to cover those. Uh, and then based on your age, we'll charge you this premium per year. Yeah. And then next year, that premium will go up because your, your age will go up. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a really straight... Like high risk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the older you get, the bigger yeah. risk you are, obviously. But, um, yeah, so it's a pretty straightforward model. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got a young workforce, it's a really cheap thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's obviously based on, on risk for... for the provider because uh young people generally aren't quite as ill as
0: older. People. yeah <laughs> and it's interesting you said the cost was reasonable um you know because again i suppose unless you look into that but again yeah. you, you know i assume it was it, it's definitely more than your 10 pound uh christmas, oh, christmas do budget <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah. absolutely and it, again it's interesting what you say about the christmas do because i think again that's you know that's uh, let's say that was 20 years ago maybe that yeah. that that was kind of the the norm right? um you know I i'm think... older than a look. Back. yeah <laughs> <laughs> with things nowadays and like you know not just packages nowadays but we, we you know we've talked previously on the corner about like culture yeah. you know company culture and obviously we work in the recruitment industry and, and and culture is a massive thing for some recruitment businesses in terms of you know uh, sort of young trendy companies yeah. you know um obviously it's a very casual sort of workforce there's all this flexible sort of working from yeah. home or you know flexible hours you know it doesn't matter when you when you work but as long as you get the work done types yeah the same will, will will happen with um specifically christmas do or christmas dues but also um sort of uh, nights out yeah. um you know incentives and that kind of thing you know so we've gone from here's your 10 pounds sort of christmas do to actually there's a quarterly trip to ibiza which probably costs thousands and thousands of pounds um but that's the whole that's almost an expectation um for some and i feel like some companies have had to had to adopt this yeah to attract um that 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 skill uh, and retain you know those, those those good employees rather than losing them to a competitor that perhaps are are offering those things
1: yeah, and 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 that's particularly in a sales environment as well. Yes, which, you know, I mean, and, and you might obviously you're going to do the you're going to do the numbers before you do that, and you're gonna you're going to be sure that you're going to get the uh, the revenue that 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 re- you require to actually to roll those sorts of benefits out. So you know you, you're going to do your cost analysis for you for you start. Slightly different in our industry, obviously. I mean, obviously we have salespeople within our business. Sure, um, but for for the rest you know the d- developers not and that sort of thing a trip to ibiza although probably well, wouldn't appeal yeah <laughs> no? probably wouldn't appeal to them quite as much as no, a sound person i get that but but i'm sure though it would do but you've got to find other other incentives mm. and and one of the real challenges we have is that we're not um although we're not london-based um we're out sort of 25 miles south of london in, mm. in tunbridge Wales. but we have easy access good good transport into london so therefore. As a business, we are competing with businesses in London. Sure. Uh, in terms of salary, mm. I mean, let's face it: the, the biggest benefit you can give anybody is a decent salary. Mm. But when you're a small business like ourselves, um, or reasonably small business like ourselves, and we're competing with London wages, mm. we can't compete with London wages to a, to an extent, and we choose not to. So we have to offer a little bit more, mm. uh, and. You know, when when I talk about benefits like um, uh, healthcare being cheap, well, okay, they're not. You, you may look at it and say, well, it's not that cheap, but actually, in terms of comparing it with um, what we might pay in mm. terms of salary, it, it, it does become cheap. And if it's something that retains people, because actually they look at it and think, well, I, I, do, I do welcome not doing the commute every day, so I accept that I've got to take a slightly a slightly lower salary yeah. uh, from not working in town. What else can they offer me just to retain me and make me feel comfortable? Well, that's where we are with benefits because that's what we're trying to do because we're trying to say, well, we're not going to pay you what you're going to get in, in, in town, mm. even though it's a, an hour's commute there and back. So let's give you something else to keep you or mm. attract you uh, to, to work for us as opposed to, to doing that journey. And let's face it, I mean, the, the older you get, the less you really want to do that um, mm. that hour in the morning or, or hour and a half in the morning and the hustle and bustle of of having to, you know, especially when you get kids, I mean, mm. the last thing you really want to do
0: is is extending your day by maybe three hours. Yeah. uh So you know, and it's stress as well—the extra stress that comes with that that commute, either to to and from, can really impact you oh, know people's sure. physical or mental health. Yeah. I think one of the interesting things is what you say about London salary. Obviously, you know, the the whole work from home thing. We'll come onto that in a bit more detail. Yeah. But a lot of people that were having to commute into London had the same salary. Than when they were working from home, either during COVID or yeah. this new era. But actually, what we're starting to see now is that reversing, and people now um, having to return to office. So BlackRock just this morning has said all employees in the office four days a week. Okay. So that yeah, so that's been that's been news new, uh, headline news this morning, and that's basically a rec- a, a call back to the office. Yeah. Um, Salesforce did it a few a uh, f- few months ago, um, and what you know what we saw was people now being disgruntled that they're getting they they're having to cover their commuting costs yeah. and they're having to add extra time on their day despite you know probably the majority of them were doing that pre-covid yeah um but they're almost disgruntled now and they're sort of looking around at other well actually I can work full remote and and have have the same well it's it's an interesting point that i mean and, and I'll harp back to the, the to, to 20
1: years ago I'm not mm. quite sure how it works in terms of salaries now whether it's just built in but certainly um let, let's take bt which is a, a good example of that where you had uh, a grading structure within the business and mm-hmm. you had the similar grades both wherever you worked but if you worked in london you would get paid what we call london weighting. now i don't know sure sure if that's still part of of the salary or it's just incorporated in the salary but if you worked in london um you would get an extra let's say um 10 on top of your salary which was to cover your, your commuting costs or, or or your housing costs, effectively. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of those people who are now working from home full-time and weren't pre-COVID would already have had that that London waiting baked into their salary, so they were on better salaries anyway, so they're yeah. doing really quite well over it. I'm actually not surprised that companies are starting to drive people back to the office to a certain extent. Look, I, I, I see massive benefit in people working from home. I think you get a much happier workforce. It gives people the ability to manage their lives. It it, it reduces their stress, un, undoubtedly. But I think there are some downsides to it. Let, let's let's take our businesses as, as an example. We were a little unfortunate, really, because we rolled out our brand new version of the software right at the start of COVID, <laughs> uh, and that was challenging in itself. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, we were you know within a couple of months, you and I, Paul, mm. we were focusing on trying to keep the business together. Uh, with 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 clients ringing up saying we're struggling to trade, you know we need to reduce our licenses, mm. all of that sort of thing um, and the new product we were trying our best to, mm. to 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 roll it out, but what was more important for me was that what we wanted within the business was a real buzz about that new product mm. and that would have driven it i mean it would have motivated people to actually drive that, but what we had was lots of people working from home, mm. some people furloughed mm. uh, so no focus on the new product at all, and I think we lost a lot. Mm. I, and I and I think in general, what you do lose, we we get the positives of, of homework, and of course we do, but what you do lose is that camaraderie. Yeah, You, you lose uh, the communication in many ways. You know, I, I, I think we do Zoom meetings now, or we do probably more Teams meetings and that sort of stuff, and they tend to be quite clinical for me. We get on, we might have a little bit of chit-chat to start with, but once we're on, we do the meeting, uh, and once we, once we finish the meeting, we're done, we switch off. What you used to get, and we still do if we if we do it in person sure. with a meeting is that actually the, the, the precursor of that meeting is always gradually coming in and a ten minutes talking and and, mm. and chatting. Now, firstly, that's great for camaraderie. Uh, it's great for friendships and it, it, and it, and it, and, it, and it builds relationships within the business. The second thing is the amount of times I would sit in a meeting and someone would say, "Oh, I haven't seen you for a while. What are you working on? Oh, I'm working on this. Mm, Any mm. problems? Yeah, I've had a bit of a problem with this. Oh, blame me. I've had that before as well. You yeah." Know? so that exchange of knowledge that you we used to get we don't get so much now and i think we've lost a lot so in many ways i'm not i'm not surprised that um that people are being drawn back into the office with many jobs it's very difficult to measure the productivity Mm. um if you if you take our guys for a a developer for example um some of the development is very creative it's not it's not as it's not as easy as sam Wright Here's this job. Go and, go and produce this this piece of piece of work. It will take you um, one hour. Yeah. Far from it. You know, there's a there's a complexity to it. Yeah. It might take four hours. How you measure that, I don't know. So, when people are working from home, there's a massive amount of trust because as as a manager, I, if I can't define how, how long a task should take, how mm. can I how can I gauge yeah. how how hard you've been working? So that trust is enormous, and would. And with software development as well there will always be bugs so you know bug fixes how long do they take I don't know
0: yeah. how, many, how many bugs we got with this bit of this particular bit of development it, yeah it's very different I, I think we're quite fortunate enough to you know we we've over the 25 years that we've been going we've got a really good uh employee retention yes. uh, you know, employee retention uh over that period yeah you know some of the staff who have worked here 24 years but it's not uncommon that 18 i've been here 12 you've been here 10 you know we're, yeah. we're all very long-standing sort of members of staff and i think that 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 trust is is easier when when someone's work because you you, you you know you have that trust there But i think what you're saying is uh, again that 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 sort of joint up sort of teamwork and bouncing off each other in terms of personality and just being personable with people yeah. is easier face to face so, um, you know, so so that's... C- certainly one of the things we've done,
1: one of the benefits we've rolled out, as you know, is to, is to say, yeah, we, what we've done as a business is, is acknowledge home working. Yeah. And sure. said, you know, we accept that people will work from home and we will be supportive of that. But what we have said now is that we want everybody in the office at least one day a week on the same day. Yeah. I mean, ideally what we want is people in, I would say, three days a week, mm-hmm. uh, three out of five in the office. That's not always that's not always going to work for people uh people have uh other commitments now i mean that's that's the interesting thing about covid isn't it, isn't it? that people started working from home and developed uh other commitments mm. uh around their lives that they don't really want to give up now you know it yeah, might yeah. be it might be the like a dog, <laughs> well, <not> a dog. <laughs> Don't start me on dogs. <laughs> covid dogs but that's where it's changed things so much and it's not as easy to say to somebody well actually during covid you were working full time from home thanks for that and thanks for your, your commitment but now I want your back, and they tell me well hold on in that two year period my life changed completely mm. and if you want to retain me
0: yeah. I need to carry on with these things because they're very important to me and actually I think it, and that's fair if they, if they can prove that actually I, I can do my job from home yeah. and I think that's what has changed the culture is people yeah. proving that actually I'm really productive from home yeah. you know I get the same amount of work done I might do it in less time because actually I know if I finish I can stick a wash load on I can, well, exactly I can, that. I can go and mow me grass at lunchtime exactly and, and that kind of stuff so it's fitting that whole sort of personal lifestyle in around your work and i think many businesses have found a really good balance of that but i think it's important to have both i think people for me people working remotely full-time you know i've spoken to people over the last couple of years that have worked for a company for two or three years and they haven't met in person the people that they work with regularly so, you know all they all they know is sort of this behind the screen I,
1: I really don't see that as a positive thing i don't see that as a positive right. thing in terms of culture or or you know just being a human being i yeah i, I think it's important interaction for, for everybody and, and and to think that you could work from home full-time and never actually meet your work colleagues it's not something that sits well with me yeah
0: it, some it, people it does be, though i agree yeah. with that yeah
1: it may and that may be the future in some mm. some as, aspects of the, of the working world I think what's interesting is, I mean, we as a business have a very diverse uh, set of, of, of skills uh, and jobs. Mm. Um, we've got people that uh, are, are very technical developers. We've got trainers. We've got salespeople. We've got uh, marketing people. We've, we've got um, support staff. Yeah. We've got support right. staff and project, yeah. managers. project managers. Now, all of those have different ways of working. Now, mm-hmm. as a support person on a help desk where you've got um, clients working uh, – specific hours there's no way you can be flexible with that you know you mm. need to be in between these hours mm. uh, to work so it, it's harder to give that flexibility sure you can do it from home from time to time but in general you you've got a very prescribed working uh, time pattern, yeah working pattern absolutely mm. whereas other jobs you might i mean i, I would say your job is, is reasonably prescribed because you're a salesperson. so therefore you need to you need to be speaking to people when they're in the office mm. But there are other jobs like development or project management where actually it might benefit uh, us if you did the work out of hours. You know, if you're a project manager and you're delivering some software that needs some downtime, well, that's great if you can do it out of hours. Uh, it suits the client and it and you know it it will suit us. So I th- I think when you when you're looking at home working and flexible working, it, there are some rules for some and some rules for others, and that can sometimes be a little bit difficult. But it's got to be what what benefits the business and the individual at the same time. I think that's where things have changed to a certain extent, you know, whereas businesses historically would have said, well, it's what benefits the business and the individual can get on with it if they don't like it. You know, I, I think we've changed culturally, um, really, uh, from, from those days to now that actually it needs to benefit all. Uh, and, you know, and if it benefits all, nobody loses. Right. Uh, yeah. that That's the important thing. So I, I think what I'm saying with that is is that actually when you look at... Um, some roles from a manager's perspective as long as the job gets done that's probably all I'm worried about mm. and and as you say if that means that someone's working during the day from home uh, and they go off and nip to the shops to do their weekly shop or go pick the kids up from school or put the wash load on or spend an hour talking to their partner about changing their mortgage that sort of stuff's going to happen I mean you've got to be mm. realistic yeah. about it but you know what if that means that they're still working at our past seven and they're getting the job done who where's the problem i don't see the problem if you've got that level of trust and you're happy that you're getting the delivery that you want i i, I think it's actually a really positive thing all round, and i think it's it suits all parties
0: so adam we talked a little bit there about company benefits one of the questions i've got here company benefits are an essential part of an employee's compensation package what are some common and innovative benefits that companies can offer to attract and retain employees and and what are some of our benefits?
1: Okay, it's one of the things you're looking at as a business. I mean, let's be realistic about it. We're running a business here, so you know things have got a cost in. Um, so you're you're trying to look at benefits for the for the company that, that actually benefit the business and we can afford them. So initially, I'm looking at things that are um, the, the cheapest possible. Quick That's wins. Quick, quick wins. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, yeah, good, good phrase. You, you look at what people want in this in nowadays, and, and what they want is flexibility. And the ability to spend time with their families or or mm-hmm. time doing what they want to do, so leave is is a additional leave and, and shortened working times that sort of thing are the sort of things that uh, yeah you could argue there's a bit of a cost there, uh, but actually in the grand scheme of things we've got a workforce that like I trust who get the job done anyway, so giving them an extra couple of days leave a year mm-hmm. um, really doesn't impact us too highly. So what we did was you know as an example new starters historically would have got um, Twenty days leave mm-hmm. uh, up front um, per year, uh, increasing to twenty five after five years service. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did is okay. Let's 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 forget that twenty days leave in this in this day and age. It doesn't seem
0: a lot, really. So that that just to be clear, that would uh, bank holidays would be on top of that. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. so, so some companies don't include bank holidays, so we would have twenty days plus you get bank holidays. Absolutely, and time off in between Christmas and New Year. So that. That would that would have been seen actually a few years ago as very generous, but today perhaps yeah, and,
1: and it's 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 what it's the it's the requirement by law. So you know though those eight days and um and 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 the and the twenty. So you know we're not giving away too much there. We did as you say you always give three the three days between Christmas and New Year, which mm. I think was was a good perk to be mm, fair. Mm. But what we chose to do uh, here was actually say right as a start anybody who starts with the business will start with 25 days plus the eight days plus the three days in between christmas and new year now of course that yeah, whatever you do you always cause a little bit of frustration because there were people that have been here for three years or maybe four and a half or,
0: or, or maybe five years or one month just hit their five got their that's <laughs> yes, right and then someone has been here a few 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 days automatically gets to it Sure, five. but yeah you've got to do it at some point but yeah i mean
1: where, where is that line so that's one of the things we look to do. We reduced working hours uh, about 12 months ago, maybe more than that. You know, not by much, two and a half hours uh, a week, but actually that took it slightly uh, further down the route in terms of uh, of reducing those hours and getting it probably more aligned with, with other businesses. Hmm. Um so there's some examples of the flexibility that you can you can do really quite cheaply. Then we moved on to some of the other stuff. Is over a year ago we rolled out the Booper Healthcare, as I talked about before. Mm-hmm. This year, recently we we rolled out Deaf in service with uh, people guaranteed or the, people's loved ones or whoever they whoever they nominate, guaranteed uh, four times their at least four times their salary uh, should should they unfortunately die, uh, and that's that's tax free mm-hmm. as well. So and that's immediately payable. So again. It's it's an interesting thing. I see that as a great benefit, but then I'm mm. a little older. Um, I, I would see that somebody who who had kids mm. uh, would see that as a great benefit. A benefit. yeah. But you know what? Other people may see that as uh, well. Fair enough. Uh, you know, I'm
0: I'm I'm 25. I've I've, I've got no kids. Uh, it's
1: what's
0: and it? and unfortunately, they, they may never see the benefit because in order to to appreciate the benefit, yes, right, you yeah. may be dead. That is true. <laughs> a bit morbid but fortunately there's no p11 D
1: effect, so it's not costing you but there you yeah go. but that, that's one thing the other thing was income protection mm-hmm. um uh, which again i think is is a marvelous benefit it, it, it's something that says right if you're off sick for three months after three months you will receive 75 percent of your salary um until you either come back to work or retire so that could mean if you had a serious accident at 30 mm. uh, god forbid you 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 get paid seventy five percent of your salary, assuming you didn't get another job. If you're unable to work until currently sixty seven, I mean, you know, yeah. that is a massive benefit. Um, obviously, it's only you only take it up if, if, if in terrible circumstances,
0: but sure. um, you know, it's it's a really quite a big deal. It's that peace of mind, I think, for a lot of yeah, I agree. You know, staff as well, isn't it? Oh, I agree. Actually, that's yeah. nice because it's just one. less thing you know some people will worry about that more than others yeah but actually i think as you get older particularly like you said once you if you start to have children and a family that you're now spending more time with because you've got the flex and stuff like that yeah you know that 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 can be seen as a as as a really good perk yeah i agree yeah Um, some of the other um things that we we've done um monthly lunch club yeah it's little things like that that again, it's just that cultural thing. Yeah. So you said earlier we've asked everyone to come in on the same day every yeah. week just to get that buzz sort yeah. of back in the office because what we were finding is some people would come in on certain days. We we're offering that full flex in terms of working. Yeah. But typically you might have some people come in some days, some people come in the other. So now we've got on a Tuesday everyone is in the office, and actually it's really it's a really good buzz about yeah. the office. good to good to see to okay. everyone, and on the last Tuesday of every month we we're quite fortunate to have a pub just yeah office. Yeah. So we'll go over to the pub and we socialize and we have lunch yeah now what do you think of that in terms of the the costs and the and the benefit the, you know what are the benefits of doing that to compared to the to the cost of doing that
1: well in the grand scheme of things it's not particularly expensive what no. we're doing we're, we're buying everybody a sandwich yeah uh, you know so you know and, and a soft drink um so we're not encouraging drinking alcohol at work.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh... <laughs> I suppose if they chose to have a beer, then that's up to them. But yeah, just one, just one, Yeah, two or three. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but I, you know, there's not a great cost to it, mm-hmm. and I, and I think it's a really a positive thing. It gets people talking again. I mean, you know, one thing that is the same in every business I've ever worked in is is departmental stress. You know, and it's not a massive thing, but. It's generally born of people not communicating. Mm. And one of the things that homeworking has compounded is people not communicating. So especially if you've got um, issues across departments, it's a great way of getting people together in a relaxed atmosphere and just having a, having a bit of a chat. You know, it doesn't, it's, it's certainly not about work. It's mm. about socializing mm. and it's about interaction uh, and it's about building relationships. So I see it as a really positive thing. You know, you you can't cost everything. You you really can't. Um, and, and who can define the benefit? of it? I, I I couldn't tell you in 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 monetary terms. So therefore, it, it it's it's something that you you've got to on 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 gut trust that works. And I and I really think it does. So yeah, probably for the cost of two hundred quid every month. You know, uh, for the sandwiches. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because they're not cheap sandwiches, they say. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nothing. You Nothing. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> <But, laughs> cheap. Yeah it's 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 not the end of the world so yeah i think it's a really positive move it mm. uh, seems to be received quite well by people um mm.
0: so yeah we'll. i think it does you know like you said it does help that rapport building you know, yeah. everyone being in office the same day but actually then it's not all about work on one no. of those days we're, we're, we're all socializing together yeah an important point just to come back to you said about communication you know with the whole re- remote workforce yeah people's communication has been different you know i yeah. think sometimes it's not there yeah. Um, but actually, when it is there, that might be a message on Teams or uh, you know other yeah. uh, sort of work chats or whatever. Now, historically, I used to uh, I, I typically don't like texting or, or uh, WhatsApp. I use it a lot, mm. uh, but actually, if I've got a, if I've got to communicate with someone, I would much rather do that either over the phone as a as a minimum or face to face if yeah. I can because then whatever i'm saying the words i'm using are not going to be misinterpreted so quite often people might get a text and think what do you mean like that because you haven't got that that dialogue or or the way you know the way someone's saying something yeah um uh, and i think maybe that has impacted um probably relationship not necessarily here i don't think we've seen that here but you know from what i've heard sort of you know from friends and 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 stuff Oh, you know, someone says this. Well, maybe he didn't mean it like that, no, you t- know. And I think that sometimes those messages can be misconstrued just because they're read, and it will depend on your mood, on how you might might read something like. To-
1: that. I totally agree. It's the same with emails, isn't it? Yeah, it's always uh, it's it's always much easier. It's, it's yeah. about what you don't say, um, and it and it's it's, it's 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 based on the individual receiving the message to interpret it how they see how they see it, which may not not be how it was meant. I mean, I also think that's a bit of a generational thing as well. Yeah. Um. I mean, I look at my grandchildren now, who 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 communicate entirely it appears to me via social media. Um, whereas historically, we didn't have social media, so we had to talk. Uh, we didn't have email when I was young, so I mean, you know, we had to, we had to talk uh, if if you wanted to get something done. So I think there's a, a generational aspect to it. And to be fair, um, those generations, those younger generations, will adapt to this and actually find a way. It, it will make more sense to them than, than it will do me. Maybe I do, maybe we do. More interpretation than we should do, um, so that's a, again that's a changing world thing. But I, I totally agree that actually meeting with people and seeing people face to face has always got to be beneficial. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really very very much welcome it. I I, th- I think managers and businesses now need to be a bit more pragmatic about things. You know, whereas as, as I talked about earlier, that that it's it's somewhat alien. Uh, to, to a certain age group, to mm. to have people working from home full-time, we've all got to sort of get with the program to a certain extent because it, mm. it's not going to go away. Mm. Um, we, we've got to learn to work with it and that, that, that as I said, requires a certain level of pragmatism uh, and that that's certainly something I've, I've tried to adopt with it. Uh, I fully accept it now the way it is. Let's find a way of working with it so it's best for everybody. Uh, and I think these nice little, you know, reasonably cheap sessions once mm. a month um, are a step on the way to that. I, yeah. I don't think that's the whole answer. No, uh, sure. And I think we're still learning with it because it's so new. You know, I, I don't know the long-term effects of somebody working from home uh, four days a week and mm. uh, how, how they become detached. Again, I think it depends on the individual. Some people need to be around people uh, mm. a lot
0: yeah. full-time and, and, and they thrive on that. And I think we've got, we've got different, you know, like you said, we've got very different departments yeah. in this business. We're a traditional software house designers developers and like we talked about earlier yeah um and you know some of the developers for example they may they may be present in the office but when they're in the zone coding yeah you might just have headphones and you won't hear from them all day that could be working but it's a yeah but it's a present talk to us about um one other thing that we've done recently is the shared parental leave so yeah what what most businesses you know would have offered and and you know to what we're offering now in, in terms of shared parental leave
1: well, again, I mean, this is a reasonably new thing. Um, historically, maternity leave is what people took because it was the mother that did it. We, but we live in a, in, a, in, a, in a different world now where there's paternity leave as well. Now, what I've found uh, in, in terms of, um, from an HR perspective or managing teams over the years is that in general what happens is the mother takes uh, that, that paternity leave off, and that, mm-hmm. that, that period, and the father will take the paternity leave and probably take the two weeks. You know, for some people who are young, especially at that stage where you're having kids, taking paternity leave is quite an expensive option because you're not getting what you did. um, You know, with your normal salary. So, what one of the things we chose to do was make um, paternity leave full pay. Mm. So we'll take the hit on that. You know, we won't pay the statutory amount, so we'll pay full pay on that. So there's no losing out. Uh, What we said with maternity leave is we won't use the statutory. We'll give six months maternity leave full pay mm-hmm. which I think is a really positive thing um also should the uh should the, in terms of the parents let's say uh, the mother choose to go back to work full time and the father take uh that period off um which is the shared parental leave part of it we will match that we 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 won't discriminate against uh the male Mm. Uh, for, for taking that time off, where some businesses do, um, they won't pay um, the male full pay on that. So we will pay. So I, I think it's a really progressive thing. You know, mm. I'd like to go further and pay people for their entirety of their of maternity, leave, but that's, that's rather expensive. So what we're saying at the minute is, yeah, we, we will on a share parental leave and pay, and not discriminate against uh, against the male. We'll pay the full uh, six months of that as well. So yeah, good stuff
0: on that one, I think. So, Andy, we've spoken a lot about uh, employee benefits. Um, one of the things you mentioned earlier was P11D, uh, which is obviously a form of tax in the UK. Can you tell us a little bit about that, how important that is and how we go about or how businesses can go about ensuring they, they're getting that right when it comes to benefits and, and submitting P11Ds?
1: Yeah, so P11D is is the way that HMRC record benefits in kind. Um so what a benefit in kind is, is is a benefit that um, an individual gets, an employee gets, that is that has a tax implication. Um, so generally what would happen is that you would report your P11D on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we do it internally, or your accountant can do it, or we do it internally because it's much cheaper. We use some software. We use Sage software, Sage P11D, mm-hmm. uh, and that allows us to input an individual uh, employee's benefits, which we report. We then report up to HMRC. And in general, what would happen with that then is they would adapt or, or change an employee's tax code mm-hmm. uh, to, to offset the tax that is due on those certain benefits. So it's an interesting thing, actually, because again, it's, it's something that people would need to research themselves. But some things are uh, P11 deable, for want of a better phrase, mm. uh, and some things that you, you think would be aren't. So, for example, private health insurance is p11d but there is there is a tax implication of that uh, a company car with private use is uh, p 11 dable but things like death in service or um, income protection there is no p11d uh cost without no tax cost to that to the individual so it's, it's, it's really about um you know you obviously take advice from your accountant or your internal finance person but yeah it's something we do on an annual basis on behalf of the employee to, to um, report on their tax and, 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 and change their tax code. Now, I suppose one of the things about it is it's, it's a year in uh, arrears to a certain extent. So what you can do as an individual is you could contact HMRC yourself and say, oh, by the way, my circumstances have changed. I've got this car. I've changed my car. I've now got health insurance. This is the cost. Mm. And they will change your tax code. Uh, immediately yeah, right yeah we'd still have to report on it because it's our it's uh, the it's a, it's a requirement um, to report on that but actually what you could see if you were, if you did that early is that you'd have your tax code aligned to where you are as opposed to it changing next mm-hmm. year which is something that might suit a lot of
0: people good and what, what what are the chances of HMRC you might not be able to answer this one it's a bit funny question what are the chances of HMRC changing something that's not P11 deable now they, they they say actually this this is a benefit. So you you mentioned um uh, obviously the health insurance yeah is p 11 DML, but the death in service isn't. What's what's the likelihood of them turning around in a couple of years and saying actually we're now seeing that as a benefit. So that's now tax. I,
1: I think it's hugely unlikely. I mean you know you, you could never you could never say never because you know um, the government will raise taxes as as it needs to, and God knows. They've probably got a bit of a hole at the minute, as we know. But I, I think it highly unlikely they'll be raising taxes against something like death in service. I mean, you know, because I suppose you might argue, what's the benefit to the individual? Because there is no benefit in going to yeah. other than... No. I mean, the benefit is uh, their, their immediate family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Which is, So, yeah, I, I think people will have a problem paying uh, individual tax on something that they weren't going to see the benefit for because they were dead. Yeah.
0: And I think... That... <laughs> I think those non P11 deable items yeah. are, uh, you know, th- I, I think, you know, staff will see that as more of a benefit, again, if it's not costing them anything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's just a benefit, isn't it? Whereas yeah. they might choose to opt out of yeah. a company pension scheme yeah. uh, or the, the, the health insurance if they think, oh, actually, that's going to cost me money. I'm young. I don't want to worry about a pension or, or, or yeah. health insurance just yet. Yeah, it's not, it's not really. There's,
1: there's right no up. P11 deable uh, implication with, with the pension schemes in general. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean that's another benefit, obviously, that we we've rolled out in the business. Um, mm. it, it's uh, I mean there there is tax benefit in in having a company pension in that you get the twenty um, percent tax relief on that, sure. Um, and and you get the um, basic. I mean it could be more than that, but the company must provide three uh, percent of your income to your pension as well as your uh, your five percent, which is the, the minimum you have to do and you get 20% from the government on that as well. So that's a positive thing. If you're a higher rate taxpayer, you get an additional 20% as well. So anybody who is a 40% taxpayer should absolutely have a pension because it's it's you, you can't fail to make money on it. That's that's the that's the thing about it. But yeah, so that there's another positive in in terms of benefits with pensions.
0: So Andy, mental health and well-being of employees have become increasingly important in the workplace. What steps can companies take to support the mental health and well-being of their employees?
1: It is a big deal. And I think probably the biggest thing, it's, it's more on a human level than anything else. We talk about the business, but we're all humans within that business. And um, I think the biggest thing for me is listen. Um, it, it's changed quite dramatically in my life as a manager and particularly as a as an HR manager over the over the last probably 10 years, the way people interact with each other, especially men, especially young men, if, I, if I'm honest, has changed. Um, I've found that people... Well, let's go back again. Let's go back again to the old days. I, I, I grew up... I started work in a very male-orientated environment. I grew up in a very male-orientated environment. It, just, it was so different then to now. Um, and... To to show weakness as it would be seen then to mm. actually open up and say I'm not feeling good I'm down or depressed it just never would have happened people would have gone home and suffered they probably would have drunk they probably would maybe take it could have been drug uh, they could be taking recreational drugs just to get through it but they ne- would never open up and talk about it because it was definitively seen as, as weakness one of the changes I've seen over you know, certainly over the last two or three years is the ability of of men now to come out come out and and talk about it mm. you know um and have the guts to do that because it does take guts to do that so i think listening is really important and the first thing i'd always say uh to to a guy if he comes to me and said look i i'm struggling is 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 congratulations cuz you you made that first, first step depth, yeah from there we we have to work out what we can do to help and and, and there there are look for, like i say they've made that first step that's really important we're on the way down the road now to resolve things we can't always but actually, a problem shared is is a problem hard. and, and I actually genuinely believe that. Yeah. Um. So what I would do at that point, um, once somebody's opened up, is certainly look out for them. Uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna privately speak to them on a regular basis, making sure they're okay. Mm. Uh, that sort of thing. And um, re- really, we'll do all we can as a business. You know, we'll be supportive. We'll understand. We'll understand that may, there may be additional flexibility required in people's work. Um, mm-hmm. you know. But, Part of the health insurance we have there is a there is a mental health line on that sort of thing, so I would always encourage them to, to call that line and see if they can help as well. But also, it's it's about look. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. So what you need to do is encourage people to take the next step. Which, yeah, you know, is, is get themselves to their GP and move it a bit further down the road. I mean, that's part of the problem, really. I mean, with men. I mean, it's, it, with men, you know, I, I don't exclude women from this, but I would say that in historically, women have been generally much better at looking after their mental health to a certain extent yeah. they communicate in many ways better than men do men tend to to hold in a little bit and there's this macho bit about you know i'm not yeah. going to show weakness um so so i i think that's a really encouraging thing about uh about where we are now in society and culturally yeah. that um that, that men uh, feel more comfortable opening up uh, and it's my job uh to, to make uh to make that easier mm. uh to be open and honest with people and actually be approachable mm. so i i think i think the old days of you know hr in the old days when i was working in in big companies were, was quite aggressive actually i mean you know but i don't know people might have a view that hr were there to support them which they were to a certain extent but fundamentally they were there to support the business yeah uh, and protect i suppose protect the business from absolutely any, any yeah or or anything like that
0: and you're I'm, not whistleblowing here by the way you're not gonna <laughs> don't, don't dig anyone out on the corner <laughs> no
1: I, I i i i imagine most of the hr professionals all were back in the day were very aware of what they were doing <laughs> but yeah my job is to protect the business undoubtedly of course sure. it is but in a much softer way i mean it's it's not about you know is you know i hr used to be quite an aggressive art in my in my view and um i, I think it's mellowed a bit because it's had to because because of corporate law has made it you know uh, made it go down that route but i also think that there's benefits seen uh by all businesses and actually not taking that hard-nosed approach you know you look after your staff you get more out of them you retain them
0: that's that's the really important bit about this and with, with remote workers being more more prevalent in, in in today's workforce how do you what's the impact of that in, in that mental health topic from a, from a hr professional would you find that more difficult to, to to manage with someone fully remote working although we haven't got people fully remote working but if they were would you would you find that more difficult to manage absolutely I think realistically there's, there's,
1: there's a lot here we just don't know because mm. it's so new I know people who' been, work, been working from home from for some considerable time but not not to the extent that we do in business now and and I think there are again I think it's it's down to the individual some people will thrive in that environment mm. uh, and some people won't uh, and unfortunately, if somebody is remote full time, you can do your best. I mean, it's not only about HR; it's about the line management as well, and it's Beautiful. about people's work colleagues. Yeah. yeah, line managers should be talking to their staff, they're mm. remote on a on a regular basis. That said, it doesn't mean to say that you're going to pick up on on things because people hide, tend to hide things very very well. And they might
0: not be comfortable telling their direct line manager. Absolutely. And that's where HR as a department, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it is obviously so important.
1: Yeah, it, it is. I mean, look, let's face it people working remotely on their own all the time having less interaction it's very difficult to have those sorts of conversations mm. or pick up on signals or understand what's going on without prying too much you know? mm. Um and, and invariably people do tend to hide things like this so it's always gonna be very difficult to get it I, I think the point is that you've got to do your best with that mm. it's down to the line manager and HR to work together to to ensure that you know there is good communication going on and when you do pick up on signals you've you probably got to address them that mm. that and and, and have, have the difficult conversation. why not? uh you know it's there are lines of course you you can't cross to you know there are rules you, you you can't cross these lines sometimes by asking sometimes the, these difficult questions, but you've gotta find a way mm. uh there's no there's no easy answer to this really mm. other than keep those communication lines open uh keep the dialogue going. Um, and look
0: out for people. Look yeah. out for those signs. I yeah. That's sound advice on what you were saying, you know, about men in particular. Obviously, yeah. that's a real big topic at the moment is that, is that malcommunication. Yeah. From my personal experience, you've been my line manager for 10 years, you've always had an open door policy. Uh, and actually, what I've found is, you know, in times of stress or if I'm finding things particularly difficult with work or even personally, I can come to your office, you'll have your door open, and I can pop my head around and say, Have you got a sec, mate? I would actually find that very difficult to do if i was if i was fully remote yeah because actually i don't know what you're doing No. You know, and i've got to even book some time in which is a bit more sort of official yeah um you know having that obviously we've, we've got a very good sort of you know relationship yeah. anyway you know it's not it's not just work we, we, we get quite well outside of work but actually having that relationship and that that personal sort of approach with either your line manager or the you know the the, the head of hr to actually yeah. go and just be able to talk openly to them is a, I would say that's a massive benefit. I think not that we should advertise that as a, a, a as a benefit, yeah. but it, but it is a benefit. And and I think those that are fully working remotely that haven't met members of their team or yeah. perhaps even their line manager, I feel, I feel like they might be missing out on, on, on that personal interaction. Actually,
1: I, I totally agree. Uh, I, I think we also got to be aware that this is not just a work issue. This is, this is, this is an issue that, that hits all walks of life, you know, mm. We've got people now that uh, are unable to get a GP appointment. You know, mm. um, we, we have GP, uh, GPs uh and out say, so, well, you know, the, the first step is
0: we'll do, do you an online consultation, yeah. you know? And the waiting lists for any sort of referral Absolutely. to, uh, you know, mental professional or, or yeah. if, if there's something that's been diagnosed, we need to be tested for something. Yeah. That could be year, two years. Absolutely. You know, sort of waiting list.
1: So, 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 so these are issues that we're having to, learn and, and work with throughout society mm. you know it's not only the world of work um, so look, I think with most things certainly with HR there are hard and fast rules okay mm. there are things that you can and you cannot do and you've got to learn and, and, and think your way through them but what's most important is being human as I said before you know we're all humans we're, we're, we're all we're all, we we're sensitivities and it's just about being open to those mm. and having you know just having the ability to have the conversation I mean, quite honestly, works. Of course, it's important. That's what sure. you're paid to do. But you know, it, it, it pales into insignificance when people are struggling mentally, mm. physically. You know, uh, at that stage, you've got to sort of throw the management bit away a little bit and, and have a have a, a decent human conversation and, and, and care. As I say, work matters less, really, than in the grand scheme of things, than than people's health uh, and their well-being.
0: Right, guys. That's been episode ten of the corner. Thanks for joining us. If you've got any questions related to human resource, employee management, P11D or tax, drop a comment below and we'll be sure to come back to you. See you next time on The Corner.